everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and of course, that makes this episode 61 of the Circles and Squares PlayStation podcast, of course, part of the Circles and Squares podcast experience. And I, am I as I sometimes am, I'm running on about four to maybe four and a half hours of sleep um, last night. You know, I've had a busy, busy day, Kate, so maybe you'll have to carry the show a little bit today. How are you feeling? Are you ready for the task? I, I am ready. I've had a very monumental, exciting day. I finished exams, uh, so my degree is done. My final, final. Very proud of myself. Congratulations. Um, and my new tattoo is officially healed as of today, so it's been, it's been a good Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as far as I understand it, like, you know, tattoo healing is like, it's not healed, it's not healed, it's not healed, it's healed. It's not a gradual process. It's yeah. just you hit that time no. and it's like it's it's done. It's it's uh Yeah, you have like that week that like couple week marks and you're like furiously washing, you're like nothing can touch it, the sun can't look at it, like ah oh, it burns, and then it's like, okay, perfect, like I'm gonna go roll around in some mud, done. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well that's good because we're gonna play volleyball outside tomorrow, as we know, and that's gonna be mm -hmm. a lot of fun, it's gonna be hot as hell. Um, so you know that's good timing for you, but we're not here to talk about tattoos, at least not until maybe later in the show uh, <laughs> for today, because of course we're here to talk about video games um, as we usually do. So um, for those of you joining us today for the show, we're gonna spend the first half as we always do talking about the games we've been playing over the last little while. And for the second half of the show, uh, we're doing something a little bit unique and apologies in advance to any audio listeners uh, because we're doing a, a show and tell of some of our coolest and most favorite video game uh, what do you call it? Memorabilia, possessions, things we own, things we own mm -hmm. that have video game um, relation to them, I guess. So we're going to talk about those, show them off on the video. So check us out on YouTube for this one specifically if you wanted to see those. And we'll do our very best to describe them um, for audio listeners as well when we get to that far uh, in the show. So um, anyway, we'll get to that later. Kate, let's start the show off because um, now I just want to say... Last episode, I actually brought this game up myself. It's Dreamscaper, and you've been playing it as well. And I just want to air out the dirty laundry here, Kate. I need to be, I need to just vent this out. I think that me talking about Dreamscapers was one of the poorest reviews of a game that I've <laughs> ever done and on this show. And it's not like I said the game was bad. I just think I did an awful job describing it and didn't really have uh, myself planned out. So maybe we can we can remedy that here. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Dreamscaper. You've been playing it quite a bit. Yeah, so let, let's retcon this because you, you actually sold it to me despite being a little bit colder on it than I think you you are in general you sold it to me as like a hades style game and like you know how many hours i put into hades i love lots, that style lots. of game and you know what it was just at the right time i had a lot of like desire for a kind of game that was like i could play an hour before bedtime and dreamscaper really fits that because it's it's that like dungeon style you know one more run oh i'll just do one more run and and in that kind of vein of the roguelike so I won't spend too long talking about what it is because if you played Hades or if you played any kind of game like that, um, it, it's a pretty similar style formula. You know, you go in the dungeon, you go around all the different rooms, um, fight a bunch of things, get new weapons and upgrades, fight the boss of the area, go to the next area, rinse and repeat until you finally make it to the end. Um, but a couple things that stand out about Dreamscaper to me as being really interesting is there's a lot of really nice quality of life things in the game. There's also a lot of really cute creative choices that they've made. So it seems kind of stock standard when you start, but when you act, when you get into it and you start unlocking more things, the variety of weapons 
and skills that you can acquire is actually really impressive. So I think it's not like Hades in the way that you get all the boons and there's all these crazy combinations you can put together. It's not that complex, but the individual elements are all quite nice. So you start out, you know, you've got a sword that's pretty, you know, whatever, and then you've got like the unarmed strikes and you get kind of like what you'd assume would be the various weapons, but you get some really interesting stuff. Like there's a fishing hook I just got. There's like a massive scythe you can like spin around yourself. Um, There's like, you can kind of be like an earthbender and you sort of like do the earthbending moves and the I don't like that one, hey. What do you feel about that one? That one is too slow. It's too slow. It's too slow. It's too slow for me. I prefer the faster ones. My, um, I actually beat the game for the first time, um, my first ever complete run, and I did it with the unarmed combat. So you have no weapon, you just kind of punch and kick, and I, I think that one's That's really pretty neat. cool, yeah. The other one too, there's like those wolf hands where you you do punch, but mm-hmm. it's like the wolves are kind of like spirits around your fists and stuff. I find yeah. that one too slow as well, but it's like, it's just it's unique, like slow. you said, it's cool. Yeah, uh, what, I think my favorite one, if I had to pick, is either a cross between the the crisscross, which is kind of like two swords, and I you just keep say, doing X's. Yeah, I love crisscross, um, and I also just really like the boxing gloves. Like they have such a nice like little cadence to them. Yeah, um, the crisscross for sure was my favorite too. I was doing a run last night, and mm-hmm. they had I found um, the crisscross with some electrified status on it, so it would like shock everyone and zap between the enemies mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. So the neat thing about the, all the um, weapons as well is that there's kind of like a, I guess like a perfect timing is what they call it. So each weapon has either a three or a four hit combo, but they have like a part in it where if you hit the button for the next part of the attack, you hit it at the perfect timing, it does a stronger attack than it would normally otherwise do. And for each weapon, that timing is different. So it's kind of cool getting a new weapon, not just because some variety and, and some of them are quite visually appealing but also like learning that timing for each one and getting the feel like the boxing glove is kind of like one and then the pause and then kind of two quick ones because it's like one punch punch and then some of the ones are like well you make it a slow one first and followed up by something quick or they might all be slow and so it's kind of i i really enjoyed like i love those little small timing things in games yeah and so like it kind of works on a bit of a rhythm and I really, really appreciate that. It's interesting. I, I find that like, I love the idea of that mechanic, but I just see mm-hmm. myself like not being, not mm-hmm. caring enough to really time, like practice mm-hmm. the timings for the weapons. So I end up just like hitting attack just like I would in another <laughs> game. Like some yeah. of the ones I get more often, I, I I do have the timing, like the, the cross, like you're saying and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. more often than not, when I pick up a weapon, like you don't get them often enough to really memorize it. And I, I don't know, like, it's just not something I've done as much. Maybe that's why you beat it and I haven't yet. Yeah, that's fair. I think whenever I get a weapon, I'll, like, try it out a couple times. Like, okay, I think that's how it works. And then I'll, like, make a point to keep working on it. But it's cool. I I just like those little things, those little aspects in games where it's, like, you can get by without doing it at all. But if you get good at it, you are, you're getting a benefit of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just some of the other weapons are cute, too. Like, you get a melee and then you get a ranged weapon. And some of them are really funny. Like there's a finger gun, which I think we talked about before yeah. as being the best one because like you actually just, you actually do the like cowboy finger gun and like there's there's various other ones. There's like a snowball and you can throw it and it kind of arcs like a, like a thrown snowball would. And there's like the laser where you just kind of stand still and like shoot lasers out of <laughs> your like eyes. It's like Cyclops or something, yeah. Yeah, they're really riffing on that. And just some of the effects and um, the animations for the moves 
are are really like well thought out and I there's been multiple times where I've gotten something new and been like oh that that is really cute like they did a great job yeah so. I, I find like uh, there's been a couple times especially I'd say like midway through my time with the game where like the first stuff you unlock is quite basic and you're like oh I, I can see where this is kind of going and then once you start mm -hmm. unlocking some of the more um expensive things or like later things that you get it's actually kind of surprising to see like oh this this black hole like it actually looks quite a bit more unique than anything else i've seen in the game so far and and so like that's kind of made me i think it's increased the longevity of the game because it's more exciting to see mm -hmm. like what the next unlock stuff is going to be like yeah i agree and i think that's such an important aspect for rogue like there has to be that reason to keep coming back to it so that it's not just you know, boring in the same thing over and over again. And I think unlocking those new weapons is a really big strength of the game. Um, the other thing I, I really like about it is it's just, there's so many times where I'm like, thank God they did this. Like the, there's a lot of consideration for like convenience in the game I find. So like anytime you look at the map, so your dungeon, it's just, you start out in like one room, it's a few different ways to go. And as you, continue to go from room to room, you build up the map of the level. And every time there's something relevant on any map square, it shows you. You never have to think like, okay, something dropped a health potion and I was full, so I didn't use it. And I continued on exploring. You don't have to remember what room that dropped in. It's there. And if you come across like a locked door that you need a key for, it very clearly shows you on the map where the key is and where what it's going to take you to. And you can like free teleport from any room that you've been to to another room that you've been to. And like, I even noticed after you beat the boss and they drop a lot of like, of the currencies. So there's a few different currencies in the game. And so they drop a bunch of them every time you beat a boss, you go to move on. And I guess I forgot to pick something up because I just didn't notice it. And I went to go and, it, and the game told me like, are you sure you'd like to progress? Like you left a little bit of, of glass. And I was like, oh shit, I need that glass. <laughs> and so I said, no, and they went back and got it. And it, there's just a bunch of little things like that. And then when you go to the overworld between runs and there's something new available to talk to, whether that's a person or like, like even an item you can find or you have enough currency to buy something, it's always marked very, very clearly. So you know which areas you want to walk over to. And you're not just checking stuff. So I, I was like, thank God sometimes in that game, because there's a little bit of like busy work and management to do between yeah, sure. runs and it made it so simple. Yeah, I really like the way it lays it all out for you too. And and it, it's, a, it's a problem that reminds me of um, like Enter the Gungeon has some similarities to where you're kind of exploring the rooms on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, and it's different, like Hades is different because you're kind of in one room, you go through a door, get your prize and you don't kind of go back and navigate a map. Yeah. Whereas this reminds me a lot of um, Enter the Gungeon where it has the same mm -hmm. thing, like you can um, see on the map where you might have left um, items and stuff laying around. But that Enter the Gungeon has um, like teleport rooms where you can you can um, mm -hmm. use teleporters on a certain floor, but this just steps that up a whole nother level to where you can teleport just from anywhere. And it just makes so much more sense to do it that way because why bother retracing your steps through, you know, five or six rooms that you've already beaten? It just, it would just make the game more daunting, I think. It's just those little quality of life things. It's like, okay, we learn from Gungeon that we don't need those teleporter rooms. We've learned from, you know, everything that's come before. So. Overall, I, I think it was really good. Um, I'm going to say one other thing that I think is a cool Hades comparison is that they do have difficulty m modifiers that you can put on the game after you've 
you can even do it at before you beat the game actually once you've hit a certain point you get the ability to do so um like making the map bigger making it stronger on. it's pretty early on i think that you get yeah that. maybe after beating like the first boss or something for the first time or, or yeah very or maybe early. the first or second but it, it's pretty early and so i've been playing just with one difficulty slider but there is one that changes how the bosses work uh which i'm excited to try out and i think is going to be what keeps me around in the game at least for a little longer um, and I think the last thing I'll talk about is the boss design, which I think is relatively strong. Um, the first two are so fucking easy. <laughs> <laughs> especially I, the first I, one. Oh, especially the first one. I don't get touched by that first boss. Like once you've learned the moves, you just like, it's a cakewalk. The second one is not a hell of a lot more difficult. The third boss kind of stops you in your tracks for a bit. Like he is fast and aggressive. Uh, and then it kind of goes down from there. But they're, they're sort of just like larger enemies and they function the same as, you know, rooms of enemies do just a little bit bigger and scary and more complex. But I I fought the final boss and beat it for the first time today. And I, I think it's worth spoiling a little bit because, uh, because yeah, <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's not like it's a big surprise necessarily, but it was kind of cool. It changed it up a bit. So this boss has two kind of phases. And not that you beat the first phase, you go on to the second, but it alternates between the two. And what it does, but at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. But as I continued the fight, I started to really enjoy it. And it reminded me of something like Fury, uh, oh, in the sense where you go in and he actually takes away your melee weapon. So you can't use it. And so you're just ranged. So you just have your ranged ability and your like spells that you can have, that you get two of. And it's kind of almost like a bullet hell where you're just dodging and firing back when you can. And then after, I don't know if it's a certain amount of damage or if it's just a time thing, but he swaps to like the melee phase. He takes away your ranged ability and you get your melee back. And so now it's, it's more of like a traditional boss fight where it's zoomed back into the regular view and he's doing kind of more melee attacks and you're up sort of dodging and punching him. And then it went back to the bullet hell where it kind of zooms out. You have a little bit of a larger area to look at. What was that? And then... Was that Neville? Oh, that was Neville. Oh my God. Oh, it was Neville. He just jumped in the sink, so... Special guest on the podcast, everybody. Neville the cat. Yeah, okay. I have a horrible cat. We love him, but he's really, really stupid. So he's just jumped in the sink. <laughs> Um, thanks, Nevo. But anyway, yeah. So then you go back to the bullet hell and then you go back to the melee. And I just thought that switching of phases was a really like, unique and exciting thing to do in a final fight that kind of separated it from the rest of the game. That's um, interesting. I, I've not made it that far yet. I've, I've made it to that last area, but not that last boss. And I'm going to devil's advocate you a little bit, just like thinking about that from a design perspective and just thinking like, you know, I could really see that being frustrating in some ways, depending how you've kind of built your character throughout your run. <laughs> because, I mean, if you've built heavily into like focusing on your melee weapon and spent a lot of money upgrading that and whatnot, and then all of a sudden that's taken away, I could see that being like, oh my God, I've worked so hard. I made it to the end and now, um, you know, my kit isn't what it needs to be. And so I could see that being a bit frustrating if you were to get killed by the boss and like have trouble. You know, that was my immediate thought when I first went in. I, Cause that was me. I had spent most of my stuff on melee. I hadn't really upgraded my range that much. And I was like, fuck, like, I'm like, this is terrible. But it switches frequently enough. And then I think also like the game is not like Hades to the sense where you can really go down a very specific build path. like. 
you can prioritize certain things. Like in the shop, I tended to buy the like, you know, melee attacks do more damage or like buff my crits and stuff like that. But I don't think you can really build in a way that anything is not useful. Like you really are an all-rounder and you're going to be using all of your skills regardless of what you prioritize. So I, I think it works in a game like this where like, you know, my rain shots don't do that much less damage. And oftentimes like a lot of the spells you get end up being the strongest thing you have anyway. And you always have access to those. It's just specifically the melee versus the range and you always have spells. So I, I think that like, I, that was my initial impression as well, but I think just based on how the game plays that it's, it's not really much of an issue. Yeah, no, fair enough. That, that makes sense. I mean, you're right. Like there is not that level of, um, build, you know, build emphasis like it has in Hades. The most you have in this game, which something that I really like in this game is you can choose like randomized stuff or you can actually pick what you want to begin with too. Like you can Mm -hmm. go to that book in your room before you kind of go to bed and begin your run where you can you can choose like you know I, I usually just pick like randomized weapons and stuff that I've not mastered yet so I can work on mastering everything That's exactly but, what but I you, do <laughs> I mean if you really wanted to optimize though like I could go in that book and be like right I like this sword and like these spells and like this gun and this is what I want and I'm going to really try and optimize like poison damage or something like that so you can you can kind of play around too but I know what you mean and I yeah maybe that's not quite as bad but I don't know we'll see maybe I'll get that far mm-hmm. and, and uh, let you know what mm-hmm. I think that's right. Next time we talk about it, I will try to have beaten the game with the hard boss versions because I'm curious to see how their moves change and if the first boss can ever actually <laughs> pose a threat. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe in that time, you have to beat the final boss. And yeah. we'll, we'll see who can who can race that I'm accomplishment trying. first. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm doing I'm doing a run here and there. I'm fitting it in still. Like it's it's convenient. Yeah. It's on like Game Pass on the PC right now. Like it's it's a kind of thing where like in between, you know, things at work, I got bit of time I can do a run or something like that so mm-hmm. it's convenient enough and it's definitely like it's definitely fun um exactly yeah. you know you know how I played it the other day which is really funny it wasn't this run I beat but the last time I did a run before today was I was working out and was like I'll do a room between sets so I do like a set, of, a set of like squats or something and then I'd come over fight one room and then I'd go and do something else and it was like such a dumb thing to do but i had the best workout no that's the best way that's honestly a great (laughs) way to do it it's perfect like these style of games are perfect for that i did that one time um not working out but like i was doing shit around my house like just cleaning up or whatever and i was Mm -hmm. like okay i'll do um it was with um uh into the breach i did like okay i'll do one scenario and then and then like do another round of dishes or whatever it was and then next one and it's it's perfectly (laughs) it works perfect that's great (laughs) All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll check in on Green Dreamscaper again. If it gets brought up a third time, that might be, I don't know, what's the record of like the game we've talked about the most on the show? That's a good question. Good question. We should I feel like Ghost out. of Tsushima was big yeah, for, for yeah. a little while. Yeah. Sad, but then if you, but... if you consider Ghost, like, is that a different game? Is that a different mode? Like, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let me tell you about something different. And this is something we don't talk a lot about on the show. Um, it's a fighting game. I've been playing, or I haven't been playing. I spent an evening with one of my friends playing <laughs> Guilty Gear Strive. Um, Arc Systems, um, I guess it's like, it was like the biggest game at Evo this year, right? It, or in terms of like it closed out Evo, um, I believe. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And um, yeah, so had my time with a fighting game. I know it's not uh, my, it's not really anything I know much about, but I think Guilty Gear is pretty cool. 
And I'll tell you why. It's because goddamn is it beautiful. And what the difference between this and something like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat is at least if I'm getting my teeth kicked in, it looks really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but to be honest with you, I actually did a lot better than I thought too. I'll tell you the, the problem with most fighting games that I have is that number one, I just think they are like the type of game that require the very most muscle memory and like practice that to mm -hmm. actually be good at. Like, I know you can practice like shooters and RTS and stuff like that too. And like those have really high skill ceilings, but to me, like the, the level of execution you have to have pushing the button so quick and everything like fighting games are so tough. And one thing that I really appreciate about Guilty Gear, I mean, aside from the visuals, of course, is that uh, the characters just ha seem to have a lot smaller move sets than in other fighting games. Like I've I've opened up Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, pick your poison, right? And they the characters have like these insane move lists of like hundreds of yeah. moves, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, how are you supposed to remember any of these? Right. And like, whenever I play one of those games and you pick a character, you like go through the move list, you read them all, and you're like, okay, I remembered two. I'm gonna try to use yeah. those two moves. <laughs> yeah. I you don't even I don't yeah. even remember them. I just remember the two inputs that I usually do anyway, like the Hadouken input. Like I just try that with every mm -hmm. character in every fighting game, and if it does yeah. something great, like this is wonderful. I don't remember the actual <laughs> inputs for the characters, but Guilty Gear, like we spent enough time in the in the afternoon and like we were playing probably like three or four hours and i tried a few different characters and i stuck with i picked one like basically the way i pick characters in fighting games is i i go through i play a match with each of them i see which of them i can figure out the most moves with just out of the patterns that i know how to input well and then whichever one clicks the best i just stick with that character and try and learn it so i ended up playing as kai who is like the guy on the box who's not soul bad guy the blue guy He's the blue guy with the ponytail and he does like lightning and stuff. Well, he doesn't have a ponytail anymore. I believe they oh, maybe redesigned him for Strive. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. He used to have a ponytail. He, cut, he got a haircut. Anyway, he looks yeah. good, fresh. Yeah. He looks cool good. And, and so I practiced with him. I got to know his moves decently well. And I actually kind of held my own better than I thought, which really did improve my experience because usually it's just so discouraging to sit there and get killed by someone that's really good and they're like oh no you're learning you're doing so well and i'm just sitting there like yeah well you're sandbagging and giving me like 40 percent of your effort so fuck you you know <laughs> that's pretty much how i feel about it but uh i i had a good time and and i was even able to get past my other big problem which i said i think i said there was two things number one is the move lists are so big the second mm -hmm. one is i'm just i can't get it in my head to push back to block to hold back away from someone to block i just for some reason, that really has always been something that I just can't quite get my mind around. And it's the reason why my favorite fighting game has always been Soul Calibur, because it has the block button and you can like use it with your other hand that's not controlling your character's movement. And for me, that works so much better. And also like Smash too, like you block with the L and R, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas um, in Guilty Gear, it's like it's back, but for some reason, like, yeah, I don't know if it's the less complicated movesets or something, but it really worked. And um so I got into it and yeah, the, I mean, the game is fun. Like once you kind of know what you're doing, it is fun to fight and like the speed is really cool. The game has these sort of in battle cutscenes, which are um, for the special moves and whatnot. And um, I mean, there's a lot of the other thing that's really cool about Guilty Gear is there's a lot of like metal and rock references. Like there's a guy like Kai, the character I was playing as has a move called Ride the Lightning, which as you can see behind me in my Metallica magazine is clearly... <laughs> A reference to Metallica right and there's another guy that's like based off Axl Rose and and all these different mm -hmm. references so I think the whole package is is just a really nice presentation and um 
yeah. somehow it worked well, out. Well, you got it at this point. You got to, at this point, shout out the soundtrack, too, because the rock references right. are not just for the characters. Like, it has an absolutely, like, fantastic, like, upbeat rock soundtrack. Like, to the point where, like, I have a lot of their songs on my Spotify, and they'll just come on shuffle, and they're like, oh, that's a cool Guilty Gear song. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> and, like, yeah. yeah, I might do the same thing, honestly. It's it's really good music, and, they, like, the when the announcer's like, let's rock or something, when you start a match, you're like, fuck yeah, let's rock. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They do, they do. And like Guilty Gear is just like you, you, you can't mention enough. Like it's so incredibly gorgeous and stylish. Like no other game company makes games that look like Guilty Gear. Like there's I think a documentary on YouTube or something I watched and it was like how they draw it and it's like an animation style that they created for Guilty Gear and is used specifically for dark system games. Which I think is just Guilty Gear right. and then that new like Dragon Ball. They have DBZ fighters, fighters as well, yeah. And they also have, they have I DBZ think, fighters. Uh, one and other Grand smaller. Blue, fan- Grand Blue, It's yeah. Grand Blue, the, the fantasy one. But like, holy shit, like they, everything's hand-drawn and like hand-animated and like it is so much work. But oh my god, does it pay off? The game is gorgeous. And the character designs are just so weird. Like, I don't know if you looked at them all, but like Faust has got to be <clears> one of yeah. the best fighting game characters ever made. He's like some doctor but he's got like a paper bag on his head and he's like he's just so weird like he like pogos on you and he like pops out of doors and scares you and he's just like a weirdo and his like final move if i remember at least in like i don't think this newest one but in the one before the one i played he like his final move if you get them with like your super or whatever it's called in guilty gear he puts you on the table and he like gives you plastic surgery so like your character's (laughs) face just gets like really weird yeah (laughs) it's just like it's so bombastic and like over the top but like yeah it's it's pretty interesting like i thought all the characters were pretty interesting to be honest like there's that one girl Mm -hmm. and she has the two like enormous guns floating behind her and they sort of Mm -hmm. move independently of her and she kind of commands them around Mm -hmm. she's super cool there's the there's that big ass like robot guy i think potemkin or something like that like he's just so big and it like yeah the the cast is the cast is cool you know it's not as big as some other games but i think the characters are all very distinct and unique yeah and i think they all play very differently too which is a big thing as well right like you can have a roster of like 87 characters but if you have 32 gokus like (laughs) how big is your roster really yeah but like yeah Exactly. There's also that other guy that's cool. There's like a ninja, but he's also like a businessman. He's like on the phone half the match because he's. Oh, like I don't think he's in this one. Oh, he's not in that one. He's like the president's secretary, but he's also a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Wild. Yeah, one of my favorite characters, uh, design-wise, was someone I I wasn't good with him, but Gold Lewis uh, Dickinson. I don't know if you know who he is. He, I think he's new for this game. You should look him up right now. Anyone who's who's doesn't know who he is, he's like this big Southern man with a huge belly, and he carries around a coffin with a ghost or an alien from Area Fifty One inside, and he uses it to attack. He also has a Gatling gun. Um, he's just <laughs> a big old boy, and he's awesome. I really really like him. <laughs> that's so weird yeah it's really cool like it's it's mind-bending stuff in a way like i don't know how you'd ever think of that but i'm glad they did and i i wish that i liked him more as a character to play but yeah guilty gear guilty gear is cool and and the last thing i say about it i guess is that i've actually been tipped off that the story mode in guilty gear is not even uh you don't play it it's literally like watching cutscenes back to back and it just tells you the story of what's going on yeah so i've actually been like watching that on youtube just 15 minutes here and there um when i have some free time and i'm i'm like 
sort of intrigued by it i don't know like nothing's really happened yet but it's it's kind of cool like just to just to see what's going on my friend i'm sure wants to play a lot more of it so i'm, I'm probably i'm trying to steep myself in guilty gear a little bit just to see if i can mm -hmm. actually get it to click for me i don't think it's going too long term like i'm never gonna buy this but uh out of all the fighting games i've tried for like an evening i like it infinitely more than than pretty much all the other ones so i'm i'm happy about that and uh yeah guilty gear strive everybody um Cool game, cool game. And speaking of cool games, I have one other game uh, that I wanted to briefly touch on um, that I've been that I've started, but it's uh, you know it's a longer one, so maybe we'll check in here and there. But that is, of course, Live Alive, uh, a very interesting RPG uh, from Square Enix that's actually originally a Super Nintendo game uh, from I think 1994, yeah, and it was recently remade um, in that new HD 2D. Um, sort of art style that Live Alive is, or Live Alive's co not copying, but like, you know, Octopath Traveler and, mm -hmm. and those style of games. And it's a very interesting concept. And I know a lot of what turns people off of JRPGs is just that they're so long and, you know, you really have to commit to this whole story. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, the first 15 hours, you're just fighting slimes and not really doing anything until the plot picks up and yeah. stuff like that. And it's just that, not very- that is that is 100% me. I always enjoy the first like 15, 20 hours and then I'm kind of bored and fall off. Yeah, exactly. And so let me tell you, Kate, this might be the RPG for you because Live Alive, mm -hmm. uh, now let me back up. So Octopath Traveler came out a few years ago and the whole thing about that game was that it's an RPG with eight main characters. It does not have um, you know, a protagonist. It has these eight characters, ensemble cast, and they all have their own stories that mix together and whatnot. And without getting too far into that game, I... The concept was really cool, but for me at least, as someone that likes these games but doesn't love grinding and like the you know finicky shit that takes up all your time, uh, I found that game to be like very tedious because it was hard to keep your whole party like leveled up and on par and finish all the stories and whatnot. So I kind of fell off of that one, despite it being like you know very visually pleasing and fun mechanically and everything like that. Um, Live Alive is a similar concept. So this game has seven different. Uh, protagonists and seven different stories and you can do them all um, in any order you want but the difference is is that unlike um, uh, Octopath where it's all kind of taking place on the same map and they're just in different towns and um, you know you eventually meet up these are all just self-contained it's like an anthology of short stories but they're RPGs so you know they're anywhere from I think the shortest one I've done I've completed four of the seven so far and I think the shortest one probably took me about an hour and a half and the longest one maybe verging on four hours. And so they're all little, yeah, they're just self-contained. Like you get dumped right into the middle of a narrative. Like there's not very little lead up or like downtime. Something happens right away. You get into the story and then you go from there and it's over. And, um, and then you just pick the next one. So there, there's some really interesting things too. Like they're all, instead of being in a different, different locations, they're in different time periods. So there's one that's like a prehistoric uh, caveman that you're following around. And there's another one in Imperial China. And then there's a Wild West one and a present day one. Um, one in the, in the distant future. Like they're all very wildly different. Um, and it, it's just really, I'm, I'm so intrigued about like how they've been so different so far. And um, I really can't wait to see sort of what the other locations end up being um, that I get to explore later on too. Uh, so yeah, it, it's very cool. Like I'll give you an example, I guess, of two of the, the areas that I've done so far. And it's going to be mm -hmm. light spoilers. So um, I guess skip ahead if you want to. But um, so the, one of the ones that I thought was really interesting was um, 
the wild west scenario and so you ride in you're kind of this bandito guy and um you you basically get to this town and this town is being overrun by bandits they've been you know ransacking the little the town or whatever there's a saloon and there's you know a sheriff and all this stuff and essentially this one like the mechanic of it is you're defending the town from these bandits that are coming in so you're going around the town like finding resources setting traps for these people that are coming and depending how you set the town up and how you execute that then the battle that happens afterward will be different because you'll have already eliminated some of the enemies from the battle um, that's going to happen to you later and um, you, of course, you're using your handgun and you get a partner with you and he has some abilities and stuff. And so that's that's an interesting setup. And then conversely, um, one of my favorite stories so far is the near the, the far future one, which takes place on a spaceship, um, which is like you play as this you're you're like a what's it called? Um, not a robot, like an android, like you're kind of been made by oh, one of the crew members. And that one um, is kind of like uh, an episode of. A horror movie or something like that where where they're like trapped on a ship and there's a creature that's broken out of containment and like how are you gonna stay alive and and stuff like that and that that one actually doesn't really even have any combat in it like you're this this pacifist robot and it's all just kind of dialogue and, and going around and who do you trust on the ship who's the traitor kind of thing and uh of course there's you know further things that happen there but it just goes to show i think there's like quite a stark contrast between how all these games operate they all have the same mechanics as far as their battle system like they're the same status ailments and the same you know grid and turn system but as far as the characters go it really is like playing completely different classes um and you you know you level up quite quickly because they're so short like you go from level one to two in one battle and stuff like that and unlock your moves and it's just really expedited and and varies varies the game up in a way where other rpgs might have that variety but it takes you several hours to get from point to point whereas this you can kind of jump in and out how you like and uh and try it all out and it's, it, it's blown me away so far honestly um with the variety and, and the execution listening to you talk about this game i'm shocked that it is a what you said it was a super nintendo game originally? yeah from 1994 that's crazy. Just the amount of variety of what's in the game and, and some of like how creative some of the ideas sound like it sounds like a game that would would be totally new now and be blowing people away just based on how unique it is. And it's like so old in comparison <laughs> to something like Octopath Traveler, which seemed like such a big deal when it came out. So, yeah, it's pretty surprising. Um, it, it, yeah. And you, you've sold me on it because like I said before, like I am the kind of person where like RPGs, every now and again, I get an itch to play one. Um, and there's been a few that I, I have enjoyed, but I, I very, very rarely beat one because they just take way too long. And that by the time you're 20 hours in, there just isn't as much variety as I'd want. And I kind of fall off. They're very often very slow paced um, and can be a little bit like, especially once you have to grind or it gets kind of tedious in that way. Like I just I just can't be bothered and I play something else. But this genuinely, like, I want to borrow this game because it sounds really cool. And it sounds like you're always, like, experiencing something new. And just when you're kind of like, all right, I think I'm good on the Wild West. It's going to be the next thing. And Yeah, definitely. That's exactly how it is. That's exactly mm -hmm. how it is. And it's, it's, it's leaving those breadcrumbs, too, of like, oh, that was really fun. I wonder what the next one's going to be like. And sort of spending a day or two on each one. Like, I've actually played most of the stories in just one day, except for the really long one. But, you know, sit down for a couple hours. You can you can clear out so far, I think, three of the four, or like, you know, maybe two and a half hours at most, which is just fantastic. And so 
Um, I don't know. I don't really have a lot more to say about it since I don't want to spoil too much. And also I'm only, you know, four of the seven down. So I do know okay. that they, they're somehow connected in a certain way, but I don't know what that will be or how that will work or whatnot. So I'm, I'm very excited to get to the end and I'm sure that, um, eventually I'd like to talk about it more, especially if you, if you do play it too. I think yeah. it'd be a very interesting game to have a spoiler cast or, or a, okay. like a featured episode. On, well, we so. might make that a plan in the near future. Yes. Um, I have one more question before we get to the next yeah, part of yeah. the show, but out of the four you've played so far, which one do you think has been your favorite? So I, so far I've played the wild West, the far future, um, prehistory, which is the caveman one and, um, Edo Japan, which is like, a um, you're like a shinobi invading, uh, a samurai's castle, or I'm, I'm sure castle is not the right term, but hopefully people can forgive me and know what I mean. Um, I think my favorite one, it's probably a tie between the prehistory and the far future one on the spaceship. I really loved the story of the one on the spaceship, but the prehistory, um, the prehistory one's cool because there's actually no dialogue because they don't have a language. They just kind of talk in grunts and like emotions. Um, but the combat in that one is really fun. And I, and I enjoyed sort of that aspect. So it might be a tie. I might give it to the prehistory just by a little bit because I, I really enjoyed some of the humor in that one as well. Um, but they're all good. Like there's not one that's weak, you know, like, uh, if anything, mm -hmm. the short one I played so far was the wild west one. And I, if anything, my only complaint about that would be like, Oh, I wish I had another half hour to spend here. Or like another right. one more encounter or something. Cause it was fun. It was just quite short. So I mean, right. well, if that's ever a complaint on something that I wish there was more of it, you know, that's a good sign. <laughs> sure. like, all you can say is like, I, I want more. That's a good game. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. It's, it's a good game. It's definitely going to come up. I think, um, I mean, as long as it continues up this type of quality, it'll definitely be uh, on the yeah. Circles and Squares hopefully, Awards hopefully, later in the year. <laughs> hopefully the last three aren't just shit and you've like just somehow <laughs> managed to avoid all three of them by picking it kind of random. Could you imagine how unlucky that would be? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it would suck. Anyway, yeah, so Live Alive, we'll catch up on that one later. But for now, um, let's move into the second half of the show, which is, like we said at the top, something a little bit different for us. We are going to be showing off uh, some of our coolest gaming possessions and just kind of having a little show and tell session. So, um, Kate, I will give you the honors. Would you like to go first or second? Well, I have a couple honorable mentions first because they are things I own and adore, but I cannot physically bring to show. So I have a few honorable mention tells and then I have a few shows. <laughs> tells. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just some tells. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if you, I maybe get the tells out of the way. Yeah, first. sure. Get those out of the way. I don't have, I have only one tell, but I, but I right. guess I'll call it a tell too. I, I wasn't planning on bringing it up, but I will now that we have tells. <laughs> <laughs> I have my tells. My tells are some of my favorite things I own. So I have a couple, um, like I have some artwork around my house that is not visible, unfortunately, uh, from where I podcast. And so one of them is actually directly to my left. I can see it I'm right here looking at it. I'm facing it. Is I have um, the Vadividya uh, Painted World, which is something that artists put together. And it's basically, it's pre-Elden Ring, um, but it's a compilation of just a bunch of different locations and places and a bunch of hidden little Easter eggs from all the FromSoft games. Uh, and it's just, it's hanging by my computer. I absolutely adore it. Um, it's very and then cool. I also have a painting it is very cool. I also have painting you can kind of see in the background, but not in enough detail. Uh, and that is something you actually gave me. It's a custom made thing. So I'm the only person in the world that has it. 
And it's a combination of one of my favorite books, The Book Thief, but it's also got the doll from Bloodborne kind of superimposed on top of the book. Uh, and it is just absolutely gorgeous. This is Welcome Home, Good Hunter. So it's by my front door. So every day when I come home, I get Welcome Home, Good Hunter. It's <laughs> like perfect. I am. By the picture and by Neville. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Neville's the door. He's, you know, a good hunter sometimes. Um, <laughs> so those are two of my favorite things I own. And then I also have a couple really cool bumper stickers on my car. Um, I got a Morgana, who is super cute. And I've got a one of my favorite things that I actually get honked at sometimes for, and it makes me really happy, is I've got a little slow poke. And he says, like, sorry, my car's slow. <laughs> <laughs> and people people start honking at me since I put that on. So I don't think it's a critique of my driving. I think it's just it's cute. And they just like, they're like just it. Pokemon fans. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or you're inviting people to honk at you when they otherwise wouldn't have. And now they're just, you know, taking yeah. you up on the offer. Could be that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my honorable mention or my tell, I guess we'll call it, is, um, you know, you remember on um, Club Nintendo when you could, you know, redeem the coins or whatever and get like physical prizes? Mm-hmm. I have, um, I, re- I redeemed mine once. And actually I have some stuff here that I got from that too. So maybe I'll start with those on the shows. But um, my tell one is I have a little, you know, those little like single game handhelds you can get that have like, they're not like a, you can't swap the game out, but you can just play it on there. I have one that's like a compilation of different game and watch games. And it's actually really cool. It's like red and gold and has um, like manhole on there and a couple other ones. Um, I remember that thing. That's yeah, cool. it's pretty cool. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just like something unique, right? But I do have um, also here to go into the shows now. I have also this pack of Nintendo playing cards, which are actually pretty cool, um, which I got from the Nintendo online thing. Let me just open them up here. But they're... They're shit to play with because they don't shuffle very nicely and they're plastic, but they look really interesting. And they have like these, well, they're like clear. I don't know if you can see on the, yeah, on the car, but you can, like, like... you can like see through them, huh. which is kind of neat. But they have like the whole deck. Probably like not Bowser. And... Like poker. <laughs> no, they'd probably be quite terrible to play with. But... Tough to bluff with. <laughs> yeah, but they look kind of interesting there's like mushrooms and different things there's mario i guess he's like the heart different Mario's suits. The king, peach is the queen and luigi luigi's is the joker the jack. yeah luigi's the joker or the jack yeah and then bowser is the joker and then the suits are like coin uh fire flower mushroom and oh one up mushroom so yeah it's kind of cool i don't know i just uh i just pulling things out of my drawer you know and this is one of the things <laughs> i had so <laughs> those are cute <laughs> kind of cool what do you got your turn okay um so i've got as a fun little thing one of my favorite things i own is my little knight from hollow knight he was 3d printed as a little gift for me and hand painted um and unfortunately he's missing a horn it's been broken a few times and super glued a few times in addition to his nail on the back but unfortunately, in my most recent move, he lost one of his horns. <laughs> and so he's a little damaged. But that almost makes me like him more because the knight is such a, like, underdog. And he's such a go-getter. And I think even if his horn broke off in the game, it would not stop him from achieving his goal. So this is my little void knight. <laughs> it's very cool. I like that thing, too. I'm sorry about very the horn. Cool. That kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. My next thing I have, uh, speaking of little handhelds, I got this a couple years ago for my birthday, but this is a Pocket Go, 
which is a little handheld thing that I have. Admittedly, I've not played it as much as I would have liked to, but the concept is really cool. It's like one of these retro handhelds that you can install like emulators and stuff on, but it, it came pre-installed mm -hmm. with like, it's got so many systems on here. It's got like Sega Genesis, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, like Super Nintendo, um, and a bunch of other ones too. Like I'm just starting it up now, NES. Um, there's all the different systems on there. I don't know if you can see. Maybe not, not but there's a lot of different ones. Like there's Atari 2600, uh, PC oh. Engine, DOS, um, PS1 is even on here. I, God forbid, playing a PS1 game on this, but I mean, I guess you can. Uh, Ooh, that's a lot of stuff though. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like I, I should probably take more time to fiddle around with it, but I just, I like having this and it's just fun. Like it's better than installing an emulator on my phone for some reason. I like having the buttons and it's, it's cool. also adorable like yeah. it is it is really really cute <laughs> yeah pocket go it's cool pocket go all right um so one of my things i've been trying to start a collection of is like cool video game art books um and i have a few things in my collection i've actually got a few other things i've kickstarted that have not yet arrived um like the soul art stuff like that but what has arrived, and these just came recently, is Bloodborne actually has some comic books. There are four of them, and they are incredibly cool. They arrived just the other day, and I haven't read them yet. But I have the official Bloodborne comics, and, like, oh, my God. I've, like, just peeked through them, and, like, look how yeah. beautiful all of wow, these the are. Like, they are gorgeous. You know, there's four of them. There's this one. There's this one that features Eileen, a song of crows. Mm. Very cool. Uh, and then, of course, there's the Healing Church one. So what's cool about these comics is they're like a prequel to the game. So they're kind of set around like some of the earlier hunters, like Eileen, and I think Gehrman's going to show up, um, and some of like the characters that you sort of meet on the tail end of, of where they are in their journey or their lives, or some of them have already died by the time you play the game. So they're pretty cool. They're not like official canon, but That's they what I was gonna are... Ask. An artificial canon, but they the author of them did work with FromSoft and Miyazaki gave them like some information and tips and pointers and like things to change. So they're not considered like canon to the game, but they are like legit in terms of like they've been worked with with FromSoft where being involved. And like, oh my god, they're just so so pretty. I love them so much. <laughs> yeah, those are really nice. Really, really nice. Um, I didn't bring it down because I, I have some stuff displayed on my shelf. I'm sure you can see, but beside my Kratos here, mm. this is actually my Persona 5 um, Royal art book, which I've got and is, is also really, really nice. Mm -hmm. And that is actually the next thing I have to show off here is my collector's edition of Persona 5 The Royal. Ooh, very fancy. You can take it out of the Ooh. box. Look at that. Look it's at that. so everybody. pretty. Oh, all the all-out attacks. <laughs> it's beautiful. They came with quite a few things in it. Unfortunately, they're not all in the box here, I don't think. But I got, uh, it says here it has, it came with um, the soundtrack, a steelbook for the game, which I actually lent to a friend, so I don't have the steelbook to show you, unfortunately. Um, but it also came with, uh, yeah, the theme for the PlayStation, the, that art book. And my favorite thing that it came with, I actually have over here on my Hello. desk as well. I have... And you might have seen it on my shelf, anyone listening. A replica Joker mask from Persona 5. <laughs> it is so cool. Which is very I cool. wish you could wear it. <laughs> I wish I could wear it too. It does have like straps on the back. I guess I could, or like clips, I guess I could find for a, like a strap, but it doesn't really come with it. And I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, it's not quite great. <laughs> it's not but quite like, great, but it's very know, cool. It's very maybe, cool to have it. It's maybe a future Halloween costume waiting to happen. It could be, but yeah, I love this thing, and it's uh, always going to be well represented on my desk or my shelf back there. I think that is so cool. I've never bought like one of those deluxe editions because they're just so expensive. But I really yeah. want to. Like, I was so close to pulling the tr trigger for Elden Ring, but like. My problem is I just couldn't find a tier that had everything I wanted. It was either like didn't have the thing I really wanted or it had the thing, but then was like way bogged down with things I didn't necessarily want and made it so much more expensive. Yeah. I, I don't so, think they're always really worth it, especially because the stuff that comes in them, I mean, you hear varying quality about it, right? Like, oh, this is kind of cheap. Did it, was it really worth it? But certain games, mm. like, I don't know, for, for Persona 5 role, I'm so happy to have it. And I think the stuff that came with it is great. Yeah, they, they, some of them are definitely worth it. Um, okay, my next thing is the first book I got for my cool video game book collection. And this is maybe one of the best things I've ever bought. And I have read through this. And it is the Dark Souls Companion book. And it's called You Died. <laughs> it, is just like, it is a big, beefy book. Like, it is just gorgeous. Like, it is textured. It is, like just got amazing art all throughout it um, is it a strategy guide then or what is it so it's not a strategy guide it's basically like a design work and it goes through the game and has a bunch of information about like what inspired things it's got interviews with miyazaki in it um it's got a lot of artwork from the game and it's basically just like everything you might want to know about various areas and how the game got made and it's it like, and it's also got people's like, um, like some like user stories about playing the game and like people's first impressions and it's stuff like that. So it's just about the game in general, but like, oh my God, I first held this in my hand. Like it's hefty, it's heavy. It's got like, just like gorgeous art everywhere you look. Like it's got the Artorias yeah, grave at the very beginning. And just the name of it, You Died is just, it's, you know, it's so quintessential Dark Souls. So yeah. this is the first thing I, I kickstarted. I bought it, um, and I'm I'm on the train of kickstarting very many as other from something. That is really really um, cool. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, how many things do you have left? Because I got three things left, and and I'm getting down to the exciting stuff now. Okay, I I can I can do three things exactly. Okay, I've kind of done my cool things, but I got a few left. Sounds good. Okay, well I'll show you these then. These may not look super exciting. Um, on the surface. This is my copy of Smash Bros. Ultimate. This is my copy of uh, Marvel Spider-Man on PS4. But what's mm -hmm. exciting about these, and for listeners of the show that may listen to other video game podcasts, potentially um, maybe a little bit more popular than ours in terms of listenership, um, one of my favorite gaming podcasts is kind of funny. Um, I really like their their stuff. Tim and Greg are, are uh, people I've been listening to for a long time and the whole team over there, I guess. But um, they did a meet and greet in our city a few years ago. And I got um, my Smash Bros. copy signed by Tim Geddes uh, on the front. See Tim with a little heart. And now he, I got him to yeah. sign this because he famously has collected every spirit on the spirit board and like 100% of this game. So thought that it seemed fitting. <laughs> and then Marvel Spider-Man, this is signed by one Greg Miller. Um, who actually is a cameo in this game as Shirtless Spider-Man, a character which he sometimes uh, plays <laughs> on uh, various kind of funny content. And so it was really great to meet them both and get them to sign my games. And I actually got to buy Greg a beer as well uh, at the meet and greet. So that was pretty fun. And um, yeah, I just, I really like having those uh, those signatures. It's very cool. Cool. 
goal. And that's like a very personalized thing, right? Like yeah. it's different than just like, I bought the special edition that, you know, 5,000 other people bought. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people went to meet and <laughs> got signatures. No, right? sure. But yeah. It's not like it's a special not, thing. Not, it's just a cool memory, I yeah. guess, uh, for me personally. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're not exactly, exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so I've got kind of a funny little thing as my next show and tell. Um, so this sits beside my night at my computer and it is a little like crystal bug from Dark Souls. So these are cute little enemies. They don't fight you, but they sort of wiggle around and run away. And if you can kill them before they escape, you get some like important upgrade material. And so a friend brought me this, I think it was, was it for Christmas or for my birthday. Um, but what's funny about it is it came from like some sort of sketchy like online retailer. <laughs> so um, he's actually like, yeah, from like Wish or something, but he's got little crystals on him. He's a little crystal bug. Um, and one of his crystals is just missing. Like it just didn't come with the crystal. So he's kind of just got a hole in him. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing that's kind of funny about it is like, it's supposed to light up because they glow in the game. Um, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Like it's just straight up broken. <laughs> um, and he like, it arrived and he was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I tinkered with it for so long trying to fix it and it's broken and stupid. And of course I was like, that makes me love it even more. <laughs> so this is, this is kind of, we call him a little scuttle crab. Um, I like him. Weird, I like, like him a lot. So like, yeah, so we love him. So he sits with the night and they're both kind of broken and, <laughs> and fucked up. Um, but you know, I at least they match. At least one. they match. Exactly. You know, they're, they're, they're more special that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now this is the part that I'm, this is my second last group of things to show you, but this is what I'm most excited to show you personally, because these are things that mm -hmm. I found uh, from moving from us being little kids uh, that I have held on to. So I have a selection yes. of four items here that we uh, okay. played with long ago. The first three are CD-ROM games back from like when we had a Windows 98 computer. Okay. Oh, let me try to guess what they are. Okay, you got three of them here. One is, one is the game of life. Like okay. the board game. I'm not going to tell you if you're right until you make three guesses. All right. Okay. So one will be that one. One will be like com Red Alert, Command and Conquer. Uh, and the last one, oh, Age, Age of Mythology, maybe? Mm, okay. Okay. Well, you got one of the three right. Uh, okay. Now, Game of Life, I can tell you, we got out of a cereal box. So I don't think we have that yes, anymore. And it never had a case. But I do have mm. here Command and Conquer, Red Alert 2. Yes, uh, That's right. with this guy on the front, whoever with his he is. IPad. It's rated T for Teen. Um, look at that! Like this is so old for people that haven't bought CD-ROM games. Like there's like a serial number on the back. I think you'd have to like type this code in when you install the game on your computer. Kind of cool. Um, EA Westwood, of course. Um, and there's an actual screenshot on the back. It's notified. There's an actual screenshot. Oh, that's um, impressive. That's pretty cool. What a marketing tactic. I know. The second game. <laughs> Pokemon Print Studio. <laughs> oh, that's right. You can make like Pokemon pictures and you color them in and you can print yep. them out. <laughs> it says on the back of your, put your favorite Pokemon yeah. everywhere with over 600 different graphics, 81 of the 151 characters, because of course there was a blue version that had the other half. Um, that's right. And 250 right. different Pokemon projects. You can spend hours building your creativity and oh imagination. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, if that's not yeah. my next birthday card, James, um. It's pretty cool I'm though, right? Yeah. The case is apparently broken. I just tried to open it and it fell apart. So I got to fix that. <laughs> and the last game I have here um, is none other than Beast Wars Transformers for Windows 98. I remember 98. that game being so fun. 
fun. It was yeah. probably shit. But you got to choose like who you wanted to play as or something. And like, yeah, yeah, being yeah. hard, but cool. They have it's it's by uh, Hasbro Interactive, um, and it's for it was made for Windows ninety five. And one of the things on the back here, I'll show you the back of the box. You can see Megatron mm -hmm. there and like all these different characters side of there. But one of the things it advertises is uh, realistic terrain environments. Uh, intelligent enemies is one thing that it, it tells you it has. And the last thing is compete over LAN modem to modem or internet via Microsoft's internet gaming zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Isn't it great? But I said I had four things from our history um, right. back because one of them's not, in fact, a CD-ROM. It is our Wario Land 4 Choose Your Own Adventure Game Boy Advance <laughs> book. We had a Super Mario World. Yeah, one, and we also I think had Zelda. Wario Land. We had a Zelda one. That's Oracle right. of Time or Oracle of Ages or something like that. Yeah. Shit. You know what? On a future segment of the show, we should go through that. That's and what see I was gonna say. In our Wario yeah. Land adventure. I'll keep it on my desk, and we can. Re I'll read it to you, and you can make the decisions, and we can we can see okay. uh, if we can make That's it. That's awesome. Those were so fun. I can remember like long car rides as a kid. We'd just be like sitting in the back seat and we'd like bring one of those along and just like read them out and like our, yeah. have our parents. Do you think we should like, <laughs> you know, go through the forest to save time or do we take the path around? And it's like yeah. inevitably you die. And, and they're just like, start. and mom and dad were probably just like, we don't fucking care, kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who's Wario anyway? What kind of role model is this for you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah very man. fun. That's so fun. We have to do it. I'm, I'm so excited we about will. that. We will. Okay, your turn, your turn. I got one thing left, but right. I'll, I'll go next. All right, I've got two things left. And one, this is just going to be a quick one. Um, so obviously, From Software is my favorite game studio. And one of the main things you got to do in that game is play some good fashion souls. So I have a, a somewhat sizable collection of clothing um, from various video games. A lot of From Soft stuff. Um, but I've got like an Undertale sweater, a Bioshock sweater, um, I got a Hollow Knight shirt, just some really cute stuff. And so I figured I would wear one of them today. Um, and what I wanted to wear was my Skyrim um, Christmas sweater because it's just like that classic Christmas sweater, but it's got like the dragons in it and like the classic Skyrim helmet. But it's it's like 33 degrees today, so yeah. <laughs> I was not gonna put myself through that. So I figured I'd buy the funniest one I own. Um, and so this is my Rave Lord Nito shirt. <laughs> and so I don't know what the, joke behind this, <laughs> the joke behind this shirt is one of the bosses in Dark Souls is Grave, Grave Lord Nito. And he's this like big skeleton and he like basically is like the reason that death exists in that world. And he's like the force that, that kills things. So he like summons skeletons and he's like this super serious dark Grave Lord. And so what's been popularized now is that he's the rave lord and he's wearing like <laughs> rave glasses and he's got like a turntable he's djing that's awesome <laughs> it's just like such a bad bastardization of the character but <laughs> i i love this shirt <laughs> that's pretty funny i definitely did not get the reference when i saw that earlier but i was like i know this is gonna be something that's, uh, that's, worthwhile. <laughs> that's awesome okay uh my last one is something very cool it's like literally one of the coolest things I think I owned in general, not just about video games. But I'm super happy to say that I actually got to go to the last in-person E3 
um, E3 2018. This is my my pass badge from attending. Mm. You can see I'll cover my uh, QR code just in case. But there it is, everybody. That's my badge to get into E3 2018. And not only did I have that badge, but I also got uh, something there, which is very cool. Um, you might remember one of the games I brought here, Spider-Man, came out in 2018. And when I was there, they were demoing the game and they had little, uh, you know, like a big display of Spider-Man, like it looked like uh, New York City kind of. And I got myself a copy of the Daily Bugle from uh, Mailbox there. And so this is my copy of the Daily Bugle uh, where Spider-Man, you can see uh, jailbreak, what does it say, wrath leaks or whatever. Um, and there's like a whole magazine uh, like cover for Spider-Man on here, which is super cool. You can even open it up and like read about, uh, I think it's like advertisement for the game and stuff, but it's kind of, there's a lot of stuff in here. I haven't actually even really read through it all, but it's just such a cool thing. There's actually like real news stories written as if they were taking place like in that world. Um, yeah, it's just very cool. And it's so fragile. I feel like dangerous touching it i don't know i should put it in a case yeah don't don't spill anything on it i know that is so incredibly cool i am so incredibly jealous because you also got to go to the sekiro booth and like 2018 was just such a bomb no i didn't get to see sekiro i think that was one of the games we couldn't um we i couldn't thought it, um, there was a booth though at least like you had a picture with one of the uh bosses i think yeah, I, I don't remember if I played Sekiro though. I think it was just kind of yeah. there, and like there was there's yeah, certain games that you have to be like a media member to to play. Like right. we were just we were just like general admission, so yeah, um, yeah. That's fair. Well, but, there was there was a booth with a boss cut out that you could stand beside. Yeah, oh, I yeah, yeah. I got to Photoshop myself into that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to try out. Um, yeah, Spider Man. Um, Smash Bros Ultimate was there. We played that for the first time um there was a tomb raider game there was Mega Man 11 um resident evil 2 remake i think was there and then also uh, dragon quest 11 a game which i talked about on the show a long time ago now um played mm. that demo there as well and there's some other stuff too so it, it was such a cool experience and uh That's yeah awesome. that is super cool that is one of those things where like yeah it makes sense to do all these online conferences now but like man i wish i'd gotten to to the, to the conference yeah, that existed yeah. and if it was ever back in person again like it would be such a fun thing to go do but we'll see um that is that is really cool i don't have a physical thing that can top that but what i do <laughs> have is my final thing and honestly we really should have seen this coming is i have engraved on my body for all time <laughs> i of course have my bloodborne tattoo that i never like shy away from an opportunity to show off uh, and it's got the three my three favorite carol runes inscribed uh, and if you play bloodborne you know what they do you know they kind of this one's for the god and these ones are kind of some cool parry mechanics um but we got odin here he's my favorite character and i'm just so obsessed with this tattoo <laughs> it's very nice it's very nice you know what's cool about it is uh my tattoo artist i saw him again recently when i got my second one done not bloodborne related this time um but he said that like people ask him to get the tattoo so if you want a cool Bloodborne tattoo, you cannot have this one. Uh, it is, you know, a tattoo artist will not just give you someone else's design. Um, but you can get a cool Bloodborne tattoo if you really want. <laughs> and uh, it, it, you know, it hurts, but it's so worth it. And I can carry this game with me forever now. <laughs> How lovely. This is great. This is great. That was really fun. I, I really enjoyed doing that. I would say we should do it again, but I feel like it would not be as fun the second time because... We 
the cool need stuff. a few more things. Yeah, the coolest <laughs> stuff would be uh, already displayed. But hey, you know what will be really cool? If you want to write in and let us know what some of your favorite gaming possessions might be, um, or even you could send us a picture of the coolest stuff that you have. Maybe you have a Bloodborne tattoo that you think is cooler than Kate's. Um, send us a picture. Let us know. You can do that uh, at our email address, circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com. Um, or, of course, um, to our Twitter, of course, everything is linked down below for you. Um, and the reason I'm telling you about the email address that we have and suggesting this to you is because it's time for listener mail. Um, and today we have a listener mail question from Matthias, uh, which Kate will read for us now. He had a fun question. And he gave us a really good example, I think. Um, probably a better example than I could come up with. Definitely better than so my maybe, example. Yeah, so maybe Matthias should be on the show. <laughs> we got to get swapped out. But... He had a question. He said he wanted to know about, um, he, he was thinking about Zelda, like the Zelda series. Um, and his example was something like Majora's Mask or Twilight Princess being a lot darker or like the tone really shifting uh, between the games. And you compare something like Majora's to something like, you know, Wind Waker that came later and was that really cute cartoony art style or even just some of the older Zelda games not, not being so dark. And so he suggested that we kind of consider like if there's another series that has an interesting or like different theme that changes as the games come out or they just you know have one that that really feels quite different in tone it's a good question i have i have a couple answers <clears throat> um my, maybe my more honorable mention one i'll go first with that and that is saints row i think is one that comes to my mind just because the first saints row is very much like hey, we're making GTA, but it's not GTA. And, you know, very along the lines of like that open world type of city game. And then by the the third and especially the fourth installment of that game, um, even the second one is a lot different than the first. Like it just becomes this zany, um, like parody almost of GTA with superpowers and weird guns and like, you know, just the most over the top crazy stuff you can imagine with these characters and like mascot suits and you know, you can fly around and all this stuff. And it's just so much different than the first one that retroactively, I think the first one looks a lot more serious than the rest of the series. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Um, but I think my, my real answer, and this one's kind of funny too, is so like Nintendo, right? Mario, really happy character, like never really looking, you know, anything other than happy and, you know, child friendly like, but you play Mario Strikers. And man, that art style really changes. All of a sudden, all those characters want to kill each other. They got angry looks on their faces. There's like hard lines on the art and it just looks really intense. And like, you can- Yeah, Wario's crotch chopping and yeah. 50 like yeah. that made it in the game. Like it's really, when you think about it, I know it's kind of a joke and like, I'm, I'm kind of playing it up a little bit, but man, those it really is like a lot more aggressive than any other Mario game, even including the other sports games. And for some reason, it's like Nintendo who's so protective of their different properties and stuff. And they won't, you know, there's no Nintendo stuff in Fortnite. There's no, you know, not a lot of crossover between a lot of their properties. But for some reason, um, they're okay with like the aggression and anger being let out by all these characters and like taunting each other and all this stuff. It's uh, It's really interesting. It really makes you wonder what the hell Ubisoft gave them to let rabbits get involved with Mario. Like, like you said, like they're so protective of their <laughs> IP, but it's like fucking rabbits, like one of the most universally hated things in the world. And they're like, yep, that's who Mario's going to hang out with and shoot guns with. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's so weird. It is. Um, they must have like Miyamoto's cousin or something like locked in a closet. And they're like, listen, Miyamoto. <laughs> 
<laughs> you give us your characters in this game or else. <laughs> Dude, I hope he's okay. I, I mean, they made okay a good too. game, which is the weirdest part about it is that game is like genuinely fun. Yeah, I'm legit, I'm legit uh, excited for the sequel. Like, yeah, for sure. So, oh, I want it to. It's I don't want to be. I don't want to be, but. Exactly. I don't want to. This game, fuck. <laughs> um, that's funny. So I had two ideas, and I really thought you were going to say my second one when you brought up Mario. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave that just teased for a second here. But I, I was thinking so in the darker, like, horror kind of path. And so the first one I thought of, which was interesting, was Resident Evil series. And I know Resident Evil's always been a horror series. Uh, it's always been creepy and dark. But they, they've been a lot of, like, action games as well, um, especially once they got past the first couple ones. Um, and so my first Resident Evil game was Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which is like just a genuine straight up horrible horror fest. Like you do get weapons in the end, but it's it's very much more of a like run away from things. You're scared. You don't have a weapon for a while. Um, it's kind of more like the amnesia kind of style of horror that got popular. And then when they went back to Village, it became a lot more action focused again. And while I enjoyed Village, I very much preferred seven. And so uh, if you want to go back and try some of the other games like four and, and three and all those other acclaimed ones. But I think again, they're like action horror. Mm-hmm. Whereas seven was just like, they took that just an even harsher step straight into horror with only smaller action set pieces. Um, so that, that's that was call. kind of it. It's a good call. Yeah. So that, that's a bit of a shift for the series. Uh, and the other one that I think is great is Paper Mario. And oh. bear with me. You see, the first Paper Mario, it's set in the Mushroom Kingdom. Everything's cute. You know, Toad Town is your main hub. You go to various places. One of them is a flower field. Um, and it's all, like, light, bright, colorful, beautiful. And then you play Paper Mario 2. And the hub world, you're not in Toad Town anymore. You're in, like, Rogueport. And it's this, like, shanty pirate town. Literally in the middle of the town, there's, like, a noose. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's in it. But, like, it's just sitting there. And, like, you cannot do anything in the game without, like, running back to Rogueport and, like, walking past this noose, like, a hundred times throughout your game. And, like, you know, it's still Mario. It's still cute and kid-friendly. But it's just such a, like, weirdly dark setting for like a hub world of the game and there's like thieves and pickpockets and there's like people who are like homeless people who are like starving and need money <laughs> it's just so dark for mario you're not wrong that that's a really good call that's a really but it was call. also like such a cool area like i can remember it way better than i can remember toad town because it was just so different and unique and like I love that aspect of the game. And I really think they should put Mario like in more towns that have nooses. And that's, you know, just <laughs> from now on. <laughs> you know, when you brought up Paper Mario, you, that made me laugh because in my head, I was like, I know where this is going. I wasn't thinking it was going to be like tonally with, with Rogueport. I thought you were just going to say, you know, the tone of the series really shifted after the first two games came out and the rest of them all sucked. <laughs> what do you mean? There are only two Paper Mario games. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, of course. I must be thinking of something else. You're right. There are only so two. You're right. The, <laughs> that that series has been one. dormant for a long time. There hasn't been a new Paper yeah. Mario game in years. We should make one. It was such a good series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, that's going to close us out for the show today, everybody. Um, thank you for joining us as always. And like we said at the top of this segment, um, please write into it with some listener mail if you have some cool uh, gaming possessions. We'd love to hear about them. And we could even share them on the show if you if you uh, so choose. So let us know. Um, but that's going to close us out for the show, like we said. So um, once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. And we'll see you again on the next one.